I want me some glory hope. Football Glory Hole Podcast. We listen to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spreaker, or on iHeartRadio. We thank each and every Glory Hole Seeker for tuning in this week. I am your host, Bo Cephas, and I'm joined as always here on the sports patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? All right, all right. Ooh, Bo Cephas, here we go. Well, buddy, I've got Two exciting pieces of news for you. Number one, we have real, actual football games this weekend, so that's pretty exciting. And uh, equally exciting that, I don't know if it's exciting to you, certainly wasn't so exciting to me. I got bit by a fucking dog today, y'all, so that's that's what's going on in my (laughs) life. Uh, That's right, I'm playing hurt. But uh, but that's okay, because it got me thinking, Bo Sivas, that this must be a sign from the football gods that this is our year, because as we speak, we have two premium picks up and ready at, on the website, and they both happen to be dogs. So let's just use it as a sign that the dogs are biting all year, just like they bit my ass, because that's the way I choose to look at it. <laughs> of course... The flip side would be, you know, it was a female dog, Bocephus, so maybe it's just a sign that every bitch I meet this year will be a little too mouthy, a little too heavy with the teeth. For God's sakes, use your fucking lips! Now! Whether you are here for the funny. <laughs> oh, hilarious! We're 10 hours from the fucking fun park and you want to bail out. It's called having a sense of humor and laughing. You should fucking try it once in a while. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. What a stupid son of a bitch. My apologies, Mr. President. I will do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Sandler. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly monthly and yearly packages to fit your needs go to our website thefootballgloryhole.com and hit us up for those free picks premium picks and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way the winning way the football glory hole way and as always here on the sports patio we got the tvs glowing we got the beer heavily flowing tonight, and right now it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, freaking disgusting cold beer hip choice of the week. Well, thank you very much there, sir. Tonight I am drinking a Harp Lager by Guinness Brewery in Dublin, Ireland. Very solid beer, three out of five stars on the beer app. And of course, I'm drinking this 
beer tonight because it is week zero in college football, and it all gets started on Saturday in Dublin, Ireland, as the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame take on the Midshipmen of Navy. And spoiler alert, Mm -hmm. it's our official one of our first official plays in the season, and I will be giving it out as a free pick later in the podcast. Longhorn tried to say that I couldn't. He's not the boss of me. No. And I am a man of the people. So that's what's going to go on on that. Yeah. So we're just we're just giving away 50% of our premium picks for free. That's what we're, that's what we're doing these days. It doesn't sound as good when you say it like that, but we're going to move <laughs> on, people. We're going to go over the podcast. We're going to go over the NFC and AFC North. Go over team by team, record by record. You know how we do it. And, of course, of course, we're going to give out those best bets at the end of the podcast to get you paid. But right now, we have to get paid to do that. Here is this week's sponsor. This week's podcast is sponsored by WifeBeGone.com. Do you want your wife gone? If the answer is yes, then WifeBeGone.com is for you. It doesn't matter what your reasons are. Maybe she's bitching too much. Maybe she's talking on the goddamn phone all the time to her stupid-ass friends or her annoying sister. Or maybe she's banging Bill from down the street. You know Bill. That handsome mustachioed man that's always mowing the lawn with his fucking shirt off. All the birds in the neighborhood are always watching him out of their windows and fantasizing about slamming up and down on his love stump. What do you do? You call our friends a wifey gone, that's what you fucking do. Wifey gone is a flat fee wife reading service that only has one rule. They don't ask why, and you don't ask how. So whether your spouse is playing a game of Womb Raider with your neighbor's vagina miner, or she's just getting on your fucking nerves... Visit wifebegone.com and put in our code word glory hole and get 10% off your first wife exodus. That's wifebegone.com, code word glory hole for 10% off their services one more time. Wifebegone.com, code word glory hole. Well, Longhorn, I gotta tell you, the Wife Be Gone uh, product has been a product. It's been one of our oldest sponsors, and I gotta mm-hmm. be honest, buddy, most use, and it's very apropos that they're advertising tonight because... Well, this is the time of the year that we use them the most uh, to get rid of the wives. Uh, Longhorns definitely mm. had the lion's share of that. No. Girlfriends, yeah. that's probably about fitty-fitty. Yeah. Or, you know, the hors de jour of August. I'll let you boys and girls use your imagination on who's leading the league on that one. But uh, <laughs> definitely, we call these guys every August. And uh, they haven't failed us yet, man. They have not failed us yet. Yeah, they call me the Wilt Chamberlain of the football offseason, so you, <laughs> you do what you want with that. Boys and girls, it is time. We're going to start with the AFC North. Now, Longhorn, before we get started, I do have to pay off the people on something I mentioned last week, doing some research on Vegas lines, what they put out in their implied wins versus how the season actually goes. So, digging back through, Vegas has only actually put out lines for every game. Now, they put out lines for, obviously, uh, games of the year, 100 games here, 130 games there, whatever, whatever. But for a full season, since 2020 was the first time that they actually, a major book, put out a line for every single game. So in 2020, Vegas went 12-18-2 on implied victories compared to the season totals that they put out that they initially put out. So this is, to qualify this, 
This is the lines that they put out, which generally happens about the third to fourth week of May for every game compared to the opening over-under totals that they put out at around the same time. So 12, 18, and 2, six games under 500. In 2021, they went 11, 15, and 5 with one no grade. There was one game they hit right on the number over-under, so no grade on that. Four games under 500. Last year, the third year of doing this, they went 28, 20 wins, eight losses, and three uh, pushes, and one game again, no grade. So 12 games over 500. So they went from 40% to 42% to 71%. Mm. So now that begs the question, was last year an outlier, or is this the new reality, and have they gotten that good? Now in 2021... We were 6-1 versus Vegas on the games that we called different than them. Last year, Vegas returned the favor. They were 6-1 versus us when we disagreed. So again, is this a trend we will see going forward, or does it flip back this year? It does remain to be seen, but it is something we will definitely be tracking going forward. But I did want to pay you guys off with that information since we talked to I briefly mentioned it last week. So we'll kind of keep that in mind going forward as we go through the notes for these teams. Now... Starting in the AFC North, those Baltimore Ravens. Longhorn last year, 10-7. Pushed on the over-under of 10. Their over-under again this year is also 10. That is the fourth year in the row that Vegas has them at double digits on their over-under. Only Kansas City has a longer active streak than them. So, I mean, if you look at Baltimore, the reason is they just mostly do things right. Right? They don't fire their coaches, they don't fire GMs, they draft well, they spin well, etc., etc. So, uh, Longhorn, what do you got on those Ravens? Yeah, it's one of the one of the teams you'd certainly respect the most in this league. Um, it's, that's weird that they got them right on 10. Like, how many teams do, does, the, does Vegas have without a hook either way? It can't be very many. I will look that up as you go through okay. your handicap. Um, so with this team, you know, I, I've got them arrow up, even though what you just said was that they kind of hit expectations last year and they're right at 10 this year with the over under and I've got them at 10 and seven. So it's kind of hard to say arrow up, but I do because this feels like a different, uh, scheme that they're throwing out they're trying something new and they're going to see if it works and we'll, we'll, we'll all see it together, but at least they're trying and they're bringing in the talent to make it happen. You know, they're, they're given no excuses. Let's put it that way. Um, you know, on, on the offensive line, you you can say you can say that there's some questions there. I don't I, I don't love the offensive line. I don't hate it. Um, you know, you got some stalwarts with with Ronnie Staley, and you've got uh, one of the better young centers in Tyler Linderbaum. Outside of that, it's kind of jaggy. And word out of camp is that their sixth-round rookie, one of their sixth-round rookies, is uh, pushing to start and probably will start at left guard. So I don't like that, you know. And um, the rest are kind of just journeyman jags on the offensive line. It's probably good enough, uh, especially with, with, uh, you know, when you got Lamar back there who can move so well. But um, it's not as strong as I would like to see. Now, with the pass rush, I always always start off with O-line and pass rush. That's how I always do these. The pass rush, it has a chance to be phenomenal. Um, you have, uh, uh, you have obviously, uh, they, they've put two first-round picks in the last couple of years into the pass rush, and they just signed 
Clowney, and I know everybody has their opinion on Clowney. He's, he's nothing. He's not worth the first round pick, but he's still a guy that's going to go in there and uh, you know occasionally make a play for you as a backup pass rusher, and you know that that's fine. Uh, David Ajabo actually was not a first round pick. He was a second round pick last year, who would have been a first round pick out of Michigan, but he was the one that got hurt. Uh, I think in I think at the uh, at the combine and and kind of ruin his chances they took him in the second round last year he's ready to go so with him and jason owe they've got two young good pass rushers coming off that edge and then on and then in the middle patrick queen and, and roquan smith not only are they one of the better uh stack linebacker groups in the nfl they're one of the better uh blitzing stack linebackers in the nfl so i love the pass rush potential on this team um, now, the area to shine on this team, it's definitely just going to be the linebackers. Everything I just talked about, that is what they're going to have to rely on. I can't really say Lamar and these pass catchers yet because I haven't seen it. You know, like with bringing in Zay Flowers, uh, bringing in Odell Beckham, and Rashad Bateman coming back from injury, that looks good on paper. And that looks good if everything's healthy and everything's the way it should be. And Zay Flowers is, is everything that, that we expect him to be as a rookie. But until I see it, until he's looked he's looked really good so far in the preseason. Damn good. But until I see it with Lamar, then I can't put that as like their their area to shine. Now the area of concern on this team, one hundred percent, is the cornerbacks. They are rolling the dice here because you know it's now a good pass rush can make can help out there. We know that, but you know you've got starting starting cornerbacks of. Rock Yassin, who who was a fail, he's on his third team now. This is third team in like I don't know four years, five years. Uh, Marlon Humphrey, he's one of their better, he's one of the better quarterbacks in, in the NFL, no doubt. But he just got hurt in the preseason. We're not sure what his status. I'm sure it's nothing serious, but you know he's an older player now. These injuries start coming up, and the slot corner is some guy named Arthur Millett. Arthur Millett. So this is a problem area for now. Again. Kyle Hamilton, their strong safety, he's going to play a lot of slot, a lot of that cor- slot corner. He's kind of that joker piece that they move around, and he, and he was fantastic as a rookie. And then Marcus Williams at the other safety position, they're rock solid at safety. But cornerback is a problem. Now, uh, rookie spotlight, the rookie I'm going to spotlight is Zay Flowers. We just talked about him. Like you said, he's looked fantastic. And if he can be that third, uh, actually, I wouldn't even say third. He needs to come in and kind of be the man. Because Rashard Bateman has been, he was a 2021 first round pick. He's he's not really popped. Got hurt. Odell Beckham. You never know what to expect from him. Is he going to stay healthy? So they need Zay Flowers to come in here and cocaine and hookers, my friend. Yeah, yeah, he's he's number one draft pick at that. Like if he can come, if Zay Flowers can come in (laughs) and be that dude by the end of the season, be the number one. That would just that would just set off this offense. But again, we got to see it. So uh, yeah, like I said, I got them at ten and seven out of respect. A lot of things that need to fall into place here. I'm worried about the cornerbacks, but um, I'm really excited to watch this team, actually. I am, too. So, from a betting perspective, last year, 8-8-1 eight, eight, and one ATS. The year before, 8-9 and nine ATS. I mean, Vegas has pretty much got this team clocked. Now, if you look at, uh, like we talked about last year, or sorry, this year, their favorite in 11 games, dogs and four, two pickums. That's 9.69 implied wins. So under the implied, the over under of 10. Now last year, um, they were at 9.86 implied wins. 
So slight under again, they did get the push. Now, you can say that's because of the Lamar Jackson injury, but let's be honest, at this point, that's just what he does. <laughs> He's never started a full season, whether it be yeah. 16 or 17 games in the NFL. In fact, he has not started more than 12 games since 2020. So I do think that you have to grade this team on the Lamar curve at this point. It's just it's become a trend. It is what it is. So since he's become the full-time starter, he's won just under 82% of his team's games, which is fucking amazing, by the way. Um, oh, sorry, sorry. He's sorry. He started 82% of his team's games. So let's say that's 14 for this year. That's higher than I would have expected, actually. Yeah, me too, a little bit. Now, since his first full season to start in 2019, he's won 72% of his starts, which still is fucking Mm -hmm. amazing. So we'll call that 10.11 wins. That assumes that he starts 14 games. Now, all the starts he's missed obviously have been late in the season, so December, January. So we take the last three games off the schedule and put Tyler Huntley in. They're at San Francisco on Christmas Day. They're losing that game. If Jesus started for them, I don't care. (laughs) But they host Miami and Pittsburgh in the last two weeks. Now, with Lamar there, I've got them both winning, winning both those games. Probably not there. I don't think Tyler Huntley's sweeping that. So let's say one and one. Now, in the first 14 games, they have five losable games. In that schedule, at Cincy, at Cleveland, at Pittsburgh, at the Chargers, and at Jacksonville. Now, Lamar's history says they will, and Lamar's history says they will lose four of those games. So, we're getting ten and four with last with the last three games left. San Francisco will count that as loss. It's ten and five. Now, can Tyler Huntley win you one game to put you over the total? Can he beat either? Uh, Miami or Pittsburgh at home, I think he can. In fact, I'm going to call my shot. I think Hyler, or, or Huntley beats Pittsburgh in Week 18 for Baltimore, and they finish 11-6 and six is my official call. Nice. Nice. 11-6. and six. Okay, uh, just two quick notes before we move on. I forgot to mention that you're not going to be able to run Against this Baltimore team, not only do they have some good young pass rushers coming off the edge, uh, but they have a nasty uh, DN, or, or you know, they, they run the three four. So that nose tackle and two DTs with Michael Pierce, Travis Jones, Justin Matabuke, Broderick Washington. I mean, they're they're huge in there. They're hard to move on the run. Uh, so it's it's a good mix. And the other one is uh, maybe I oh, maybe I overdid their offensive line woes at least if you go off last year's pff the four starters that i mentioned minus the left guard that is still up in the air they you know if you average it all out it's it's right around the mid 70s which if you remember last week i told you that philadelphia and kansas city kansas city was in that mid 70s range so if whoever plays left guard can come in and be okay then this is this is a good enough offensive line for sure Yep, I agree with that. All right, moving on. Those Cincinnati. This ain't your motherfucking daddy's Bengals, baby. <laughs> 12 and 5 last year. No, sorry. I was like, I wrote that wrong. No, 12 and 4. They had a game canceled. Week. I was like, I was like, wait, my math didn't add up. Anyways. Cheaters. Cheaters. 
way over the nine and a half over under. And Burrow is another one of the quarterbacks that beat his second year over under. So great sign for Cincinnati. Now that didn't happen last year. That happened in 2021. I just thought I'd bring it up. Now, if you look at their ATS record, uh, some people are saying, ah, Patrick Mahomes, the new Tom Brady. Yeah, maybe for Super Bowls he is. But for fucking covering spreads in the regular season, he ain't. But you know who is? Joey. Goddamn mm-hmm. Burrow. 2021, 9-7 ATS. 21-22, through 22, all the way through the playoffs, 14-7 and 7 ATS. That's 66.7%. Last year, all the way through the playoffs, 13-6. and 6, That's 68.4%. All Joey Burrow does is win <laughs> you fucking money, baby. So it is very, very hard to fade those Bengals against the spread at any time. Regular season, postseason, fucking any time. It does not matter. He is a cover goddamn machine. Now, their over-under this year is, I had that written down. 11 and 11 uh, and a half, something like that. Is 11, yes, 11 and a half. Mm. 11 and a half. So that is tied for the most in the NFL. Too high. Long, what do you got on those Bengals? Too high. It's too high. Um, yeah, this one, this one concerns me because... I am actually arrowed down on Cincy, and I believe everything you just said to be true. So, uh, Mr. Super Joe Burrow could absolutely screw me here, but I gotta, gotta call it like I see it with the roster. So, O line and injuries and secondary, like, like these are, these are some, these are some issues that I have with this team. The O line is just not great. You know, if you remember last year, they brought in Alex Kappa. Ted Karras, uh, they drafted Cordell Volson. I think he went to Tennessee. Uh, and they, they already had Jonah Wilson, and this year they brought in Orlando Brown. It's just they they did not have a good year. They did not grade out right. Let me pull them up. Like they had uh, Volson 53, Karras 65, Kappa 67, and Jonah Williams 61. Jesus Christ. Like maybe that's why he got demoted off of a left tackle and they brought in Orlando Brown, which, which by the way, do you know, does Kansas City strike you as a team that would just let a awesome left tackle walk out that protects Patrick Mahomes? I mean, so they they, nah. must, they must know something there. So they, this is – Oh, more, by the way, sorry, hmm. to pay off your earlier question, nine teams out of the 32 have an even number over under. So oh, nine. okay. That's more than I would have expected. Um so, yeah, there's just there, – I don't like this offensive line. Now, again, obviously it didn't matter last year because Joey B was still fucking awesome behind the average offensive line. So, he's going to do what he does. But, you know, that these are the problems. Uh, the 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 pass rush is – it's it's I mean, honestly, the, everything's the same. Everything is the fucking same on this defense for the most part, especially up front in the, in the front seven. Um but, you know, so there's really no point going on. They're going to be all the same. Now, they drafted Miles Murphy in the first round of this year's draft. He's he's running rotation, so we'll see what, we get, what they get out of him. But it's it's already a pretty good pass rushing unit. Now, uh, area to shine. Wide receivers. That's This is obviously the bread and butter of this team. It's a passing game. And they do have – I spoke about Seattle a week or two ago about how they could eventually be the best three wide receivers set in the NFL – well, currently, this is the best three wide receiver set in the NFL. So that is the uh, that is the bread and butter of this team. 
The area of concern is the secondary, however. Um, They've let some players leave by choice, and they've put the draft capital in to replace them. And I do like the players, but we haven't seen it yet, and they are unproven. Um, So, you know, when you're starting, if you're in nickel and you're starting five, are Chidobe Awuzie, who's okay, uh, last year's Cheeto. Number, Cheeto, last year's number one pick, Dax Hill out of out of Michigan. He's going to step into that uh, safety role that that uh, Jesse Bates vacated. Uh, Nick Scott is one of the starters. Cam Taylor Britt, I, I do like him. He was a second round pick out of Cal, I think. Uh, so he's he's coming in, getting his first real play time, and then, and then one of the best slot corners in the NFL, and Mike Hilton. So it's just an area concern. Uh, the over-under is 11.5. That's really fucking high. I'm not doing that. I am uh, I am arrowed down on Cincy, and I am putting them at. Actually, I fucked it up. I'm... Can you change my Baltimore to 11-6? and six? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no. I'm way wrong. Oof. You know what? I already wrote it. Fuck it. I'm going 9-8 and eight on Cincy, Bo Sevis. 9-8. and eight. Woo! Um... I can't believe I went that low. I must have been uh, sipping on some brewskis when I was doing this. <laughs> but, but fuck it. I'll stick with that. Not, so, look, this division is really hard, and there's going to be a really good team this division that's going to have, you know, one of these eight, nine win seasons. That's just that's, – in this division, it has to happen. So I pick Cincy. What do you got? Yeah, I I mean, I couldn't agree more, with especially with your last sentiment. It's a really hard division to pick, and there is going to be – some regression to the mean, and one of these teams is going to catch it. There's a couple different candidates. Now, last year, Vegas had uh, Cincy favoring eight games, eight dogs in a pick. So, that's eight and a half wins, uh, exactly. And Vegas is way off on Cincy. This is one of the, again, they only lost eight games last year. This is one of them. This year, over under, like I said, 11 and a half, Vegas has them. 13 favorites, two dogs, two picks. That's 10.37 implied wins. So, again, Vegas is leaning to the under. Now, there are some reasons why, apart from everything you just mentioned. First of all, uh, they only lost 66 starts year over year. So, like you said, I expect mostly the same team. Mm-hmm. Last year, fourth DVOA in offense. Burrow is awesome. So, the receivers are awesome. I expect that to continue. Defense, 11th in DVOA. So right on that sweet spot. I mean, they had the exact ingredients for a a modern-day Super Bowl winning team. The problem is they have been plus turnover margin for two seasons in a row. And this led me down a little bit of a rabbit hole, but I did some research on it. We'll get into it a little bit later in the podcast. Now, usually that is the max from the research I did before it starts going the other way. So right now, Dallas, Pittsburgh, Green Bay, and uh, Seattle and Minnesota are all in the category of regression. Pittsburgh and Green Bay actually have four-year streaks going on, so double the usual max. And then there is New England. Longhorn, would you like to guess how many consecutive seasons New England has landed in the plus turnover margin ratio? And I'll go ahead and say it this. I'll go ahead and and give my stat now. So basically once you get to two years, only 39% of the teams that are at two years get a third. So it's immediately 61% fall off right back to the negative. 
So that's just two years has been, and this is 2000, since 2012 is the 39% mark. So now, that's not as far back as I did in the research, but just modern football, 39%. So New England, how many years would you guess that they have been consecutively in the plus turnover ratio margin? I'm going to go 10. 17 goddamn years. Jeez. And counting, by the way. Hmm. Now, I say all, all that to deflated say. deflated balls, that's what that is. That is all the deflated balls, <laughs> for sure. I say all that to say I don't think the Bengals' luck will continue. Now, Joey B is the man, but I think they do get a little, little, roast, little dose of reality this year. They're at Kansas City this year. Last year they got them at home. They have to go to San Francisco this year. Last year they didn't. And they replaced the shitty NFC South with the shitty AFC South. So no big change there in the schedule. But all in all, I do see two less wins this year on their schedule. They've got the luck regression coming at them. They should have only won 11.28 games last year for the scoring margin. They won 12. So a little bit lucky there. Plus the turnover margin regression. And a tougher road schedule, which, by the way, they won six road games last year out of nine. That's a fucking lot in the NFL. There's regression coming there. I've got them officially at 10-7 and seven for the Bengals. Oh, uh-huh, that's not that far off. Not that far. Um, well, I forgot to do the rookie uh, spotlight, and uh, I mentioned Miles Murphy. They did draft a couple of secondary players, DJ Turner and Jordan Battle at, at corner and safety. But I'm going to highlight their fourth and sixth round picks because they're getting a lot of buzz in camp. And they are both fucking wide receivers. So the rich get richer. How many receivers do you need, Joey Burrow? I don't know. They they got this sixth round pick. And, of course, it's preseason in camp. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. But he is, I mean, he's just tearing up camp and making all the plays. And if I had to pronounce his name, I'd say it's Andre Reed. Isavis? Isavis? Andre Reed. I think it's Andre Reed's uh, retarded stepchild or something like that. So, like, Charlie Jones and <laughs> Andre <laughs> Isavis is uh, – so, they're just interesting, not not necessarily for this year, but they've got decisions coming up on uh, – they're going to play Lamar or uh, Jamar Chase, of course, but they got decisions to make with Higgins and Boyd. So, you get a couple of, you know, young players behind them that makes that decision a little bit easier. All right, we're going to move on to those Cleveland Browns. Former Longhorns Cleveland Browns. He's given them up at this point. They were 7-10 last year. Back to your daddy's Browns. Well under the 8.5 over under. Now, and that is actually my bet regret of last year that we did not fire on that under while we were in Vegas. Now, in fairness, we did not have the information that Watson was going to be suspended, but we should have took the leap of faith that he was and just bet the under. It was literally the easiest call on the whole fucking board. But whatever. Um, ATS-wise, last year, 8-9, 7-10 the year before, 8-10 before that, 5-10 the year before that. Just don't bet on the fucking Browns. Just don't bet on the Browns. It's pretty simple. Um, but this year, over, under, of nine. So, slight upgrade from Vegas. What do you know? They're fucking starting quarterbacks back. Longhorn, what do you got on those Browns? Well, 
The Browns are back, baby, and I'm back with the Browns because I am picking them to win this division. 11 Woo! and 7. Arrow up on these Browns. That's too many games. 11 and 6. Uh huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. This, this division on, on my little scratch board over here is just going to be a fucking mess, but we're going to figure it out. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm a roster whore, and this is the best roster in this division, and you've got a quarterback that has in the past played like one of the upper echelon quarterbacks in the league. So, you know, Joe Burrow might prove me wrong. Baltimore might prove me wrong. You know, I don't think Pittsburgh will, but some people have liked them. Look, somebody somebody has to win this division out of these three really good teams. I'm going to go with the best roster and a uh, former top five quarterback uh, the offensive line, fantastic. No, let's not even waste time on it. Y'all know who it is. It's the same as always. Continuity, and they're all good. Pass rush, really good. Really good pass rush. They, uh, hold on, I clicked on the wrong team here. Give me one second, Bosephus. Miles Garrett. Yeah, I mean, of course, Miles Garrett. I got too many buttons. There's too many buttons over here. Yeah, Miles Garrett. Obviously, the fantastic Aggie, the best pass rusher in the NFL. Him and T.J. Watt, you can you can split hairs there, uh, depending on the year, for sure. Okay, I'm back. So, uh, I'm back. Zadarius Smith, they brought in from Minnesota. He is finally that combo pass rusher to go along with Miles Garrett that they've kind of been looking for. Uh, so, I love the pass rush, love the offensive line. The area to shine is going to be the entire defensive line in general because not only did they bring in Zadarius Smith, they fucking loaded up on those DTs. And that has been a huge area of concern on this Cleveland defense for a while. And they threw everything at it. They brought in Dalvin Tomlinson, uh, one of the better run stuffers in the league from Minnesota. They signed Shelby Harris. This is not a household name, but he's another big bodied run stuffer. Uh, and then behind them, they, they brought in Maurice Hurst, who was, you know, he's, he's been out of the league for a couple of years, but he's back in camp and he's making plays. So, you know, that they've thrown the assets at this defense, defensive line to finally give Miles Garrett, not that he's needed the help. I mean, he's fucking awesome anyways, but this is going to be a unit now on the defensive line. So areas of concern. It is the stack linebackers. Um, JOK came out. As a rookie and was fantastic. He had a very down year last year. Uh, there was a scheme change on defense. Supposedly it doesn't necessarily fit him as well, but he's too good of an athlete to not, for them not figure this out. Um, outside of that, Bosevitz is pretty bad in here in the middle at that linebacker position. So they need JOK to get back to be that stud that he was as a rookie. Um, and the rookie spotlight is. Mr. Dewan Jones, offensive tackle. I think he's either Georgia or Ohio State. I always get those two confused. He slid to the fourth round. A lot of people had him as a first round tackle. Uh, he slid because he's six eight, like three seventy. Okay, so he's like one of the biggest, most non athletic tackles in the league. But they are give. He is starting every game in the preseason, and I think taking every damn snap. They are using him. And either showcasing him or getting him ready to be, uh, you know, step in there in case Conklin or, you know, Jedrick Wills gets hurt. Uh, so that's my rookie spotlight. He, they're grooming him to be a uh, future starter on this already offense, uh, awesome offensive line. And like I said, 11 and 6, 11 and 6, 
and winning this division. So I don't see I'm not seeing JLK. See, is it his first name Jeremiah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So starting with a linebacker. Okay. Scared me for a second. It's like I don't even see him on the fucking depth chart. Jeremiah Awusa Komora. For some reason they call him JLK, but whatever. All right. This year, favored in eight games, seven dogs, and two picks. That's 8.67 implied wins, so under the total of nine. Last year, favored out of 11 and 17, that was 9.35 wins. Vegas is betting the over and lost that one. Again, one of their eight losses. Now, they only lose 83 starts from last year, so I don't expect a lot of change except for Watson. And that's really the whole handicap. I mean, they scored 361 points last year without him, and even when he did play, he wasn't good at fucking all. So I can only see improvement there. I'm with you on that. Their defense was below average, 23rd in DVOA. So that has to improve, you know, for them to actually make a move and get better. But on top of everything else, Longhorn, they went 2-6 and six in one-score games last year. So they should have positive re- regression there. Uh, they've been negative in the turnover margin for two straight years, so they are due for a luck bounce back there. And if you look at Watson's three starting seasons in Houston, they averaged 388 points in 16 games. So extrapolate that out to 17, you're looking at 412. I think that's fair, especially with this roster. So I went with 410. That alone should help get their defense to, I mean, at least around average. If you're if you're gonna if you're gonna pile on another uh, 60 points to, or 70 points to what they scored from last year, yeah. So that would put them at 9.66 wins. I really like that projection. I like the fact that other than Baltimore and Cincy, who they obviously have home and homes with in division, they get every other projected winning team at home except Seattle. And other than the Baltimore and Cincy, they only play four other teams with a winning projection total. Their road games outside of the division are at Indy, at Seattle, at Denver, and at the Rams. If they split those... And they split the division, which they did last year. That's five wins. Then they get Tennessee, San Fran, Arizona, Jacksonville, Chicago, and the Jets at home. That's at least three, maybe even four wins. That gets us to the nine. I'll say the luck carries them up to ten. I got those Browns finishing ten and seven this year. Yeah, that's that's you know I I I had I had them at ten. I did a last uh, minute before the pod bump to eleven. So. Somebody's got to win. I think their ce- I I think that their ceiling is twelve, but I think their floor, their absolute floor, I really do believe is nine. So I'm going with ten on that, just on really the fact that we haven't seen Watson play good football in what seems like a decade, but just more like three years at this point. So <laughs> we'll see. All right. All right. Moving on. Those Pittsburgh Steelers, nine and seven last year. Somehow. They beat their over-under of 7.5. This year, big upgrade from Vegas. Over-under set at 9. Longhorn, what do you got on them Steelers? Yeah, you kind of said it. There, There's a lot of expectations uh, of improvement with this team, and I'm having some issues with it. Like this, this is, uh, Pittsburgh, uh, 
Minnesota and New England, both both of which uh, we did Minnesota, but we're doing New England next week. These are some teams that I just I'm having a hard time getting a grasp on what they are. Um, you know, well, I'll tell you right now, all three of those teams have something in common, and the fucking plus turnover margin is it. Hmm. Well, I mean, word out of camp and and all and everything is Pickett, the wide receivers, the offensive line all look better. Um, but, I mean, I'm looking at it, and the offensive line is basically the same. Uh, they drafted Broderick Jones in the first round. He has not taken that starting role. So he he's he's not even beat out Dan Moore at left tackle, uh, who, the, who they wanted him to beat out, and maybe they could do some sort of little shuffle uh, and, and put Dan Moore somewhere else and, and have the, you know, the – the deck flow from there, but it's much the same. They brought in uh, Suamola from from Philly. He's a he's a jag. I mean, he's good. He's a good guard. But it's going to be just get better, get better. Pickett, get better. George Pickens, who I love. They brought in Allen Robinson, receiver from the Rams. Okay, I mean, he, he didn't do anything last year. It's been a while. And then Deontay Johnson is famous for dropping balls and not catching catching touchdowns, even though. He's pretty dynamic athletically. Um, is that good for a wide receiver? It's probably not good when you catch like 90 balls and no touchdowns. But, <laughs> you know, there's, it can only go up. It can only go up. Uh, so, yeah, um, I'm just confusing team for me. Hard, hard to read. Like I said, offensive line, much of the same. Not very good. Uh, pass rush. Now that's where you get into uh, where they're really good at. Obviously, T.J. Watt, you know what he is. Alex Highsmith has been like a godsend for them. They drafted him in the third round in 2020. Just, you know, typical Steeler fashion. Kind of comes out of nowhere. And is that is that uh, Robin to to the Batman that Watt needs? Uh, so they're looking good there. The, he was the guy that, who, who did he say? Like the guy they drafted to be that dude that never turned out to be that dude. Um... I know that there's a guy, and I it's escaping my he's, mind. He's on a roster, but he they they let him go. They did not. It was a first round pick. They did not pay his option. Yeah, I can't remember, but but yeah, that they 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 found one. So that's what good teams do. You, if you whiff on a on a high one, you got to find one later that can play just like that. Uh, the area to shine is going to be the pass rush. That that's where they need to lean on with this team. Have Pickett play ball control offense and uh, and you know kind of squeak out some some ugly wins. The area of concern, it is the O line. Like I said, now I will say this: a little caveat. They drafted Darnell Washington in the third round, the humongous tight end out of Georgia, who is a, who is basically a tackle. So I kind of wrote in there that is he. Is he someone that can just kind of like help mold this offensive line with the tight end help into good enough of what they want to be? Because, you know, he's not going to be – they got Pat Firemuth, so he's not going to be the pass catching tight end at all. But so you'll probably see him in their 50 plays a game just blocking and helping out. Um, well, so Currently he's running third in the depth chart. Yes, he is. But, you know, that's – He's going to be on the field. He, he's a blocker. He'll be on the field. So uh, we'll see if that can help out. The rookie spotlight. The rich get richer once again. I don't know if you've heard about this guy named Nick Herbig. Fourth round draft pick. He I mean, and, who hasn't? <laughs> well, 
Well, he's got a brother. <laughs> he's got a brother on the team who is named Nate Herbig, who is a backup guard or get guard center for them. So guard. Some, so he's tearing up camp. He is unblockable in camp and in preseason. So as usual, the rich get richer. We'll see. We'll see if he can be like that third pass rusher for them coming off the edge. And of course, Joey Porter, the cornerback. They're going to need him with this with this defense because they brought in Patrick Peterson. Uh, they brought in Levi Wallace from Buffalo. They got some guys there that are a little old in the two, so they need a young stud to come in there and help out with that defense. But overall, I think the defense is going to be really good. I think the offensive line is going to have some questions, and we will see if Pickett can handle all that. I have got them, unfortunately, in the cellar, <clears throat> in the cellar of this division at eight and nine. Somebody's got to be down there. All right. So last year they only scored three hundred eight points. Hmm. Awful. Seems low. But they only gave up 346. So that should have put them at 7.4 wins. So 7, 9, and 1. 8, 8, and 1 if they were lucky. But now they had to win nine fucking games <laughs> and fuck us over <laughs> our, out of our fucking under. And on top of that, they have a positive turnover margin for four straight fucking seasons. More than double. Again, like I said before, 39% of the teams that have two. Straight seasons go under the next year. So the regression monster is growling loud for that Steelers' blood. They led the league in interceptions last year. They lost Cam Sutton. That's not going to help them sustain that. Joey Porter is currently running second on the depth chart, third, whatever you want to say. He's not a starting cornerback right now. Maybe he works his way in there at some point. Mm-hmm. But... Um, that's not they're not they're not gonna leave the league in interceptions again. That just doesn't happen back to back. Now, Pickett. He wasn't awful for a rookie, but he was not a good quarterback either. 23rd in DVOA, 22nd in EPA plus EPO or CPOE, 20th in QBR. And long term, I don't believe in his success, which means this is the year that he has to be under that over under of nine. And Dak and Herbert both fell short of their expectations in year two because their win total was at nine. He's not as good as either one of them. And this team isn't as good as either one of those teams were. So they were seven and five last year in coin flips. Not egregious, but another negative progression mark there. They were three and three last year in division. I think with the improvements in the division this year, especially in Cleveland, they're going to drop a game somewhere in there and go two and four. They were five and four on the road. That's not sustainable either in the NFL. So I see a ceiling of eight and nine when eight and nine with this team. I see a floor of six and 11. Honestly, when you look at the schedule, uh, Hmm. it's very possible. But out of respect for Mike Tomlin, I'll say seven Hmm. and 10 officially. So. That's really what it is. That's really what it is. Like, like there's just so much respect there. It's it's hard to uh, put them too low. I mean, they should have won seven games last year. They won. I mean, it, it somewhere, somewhere, sometime the regression monster is going to come for them. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm not a believer in Pickett, so I, it's got to be this year. Now to recap, the AFC North. I've got Baltimore going 11 and six, winning the division and slide over. Cincy, 10-7, slide under. 
Cleveland ten and seven over, and Pittsburgh seven and ten to the under. Seven and ten. Okay, and I have got Cleveland winning the, the division eleven and six. Baltimore behind them ten and seven. Cincy behind them nine and eight, and Pittsburgh behind them eight and nine. All right, Longhorn, we're moving on to that NFC North. The Norris division, as uh, Chris Berman's fat ass always used to love to say Mm -hmm. on ESPN. Uh, We'll start with the Chicago Bears there. 3-14 last year, just another stellar year in the Windy City. Well under the 6.5 over under. Now, Vegas is expecting a sizable uptick this year, setting the over under at 7.5. From a quick betting perspective, last year, 5-11-1 ATS. The year before, 6-11 ATS. The year before that, 8-9. And And before that, 4-12. So probably just save your nickels when it comes to trying to back those bears there. But uh, Longhorn, what do you got on Chicago? Yeah, I got Arrow up on Chicago. I really like the game plan of what they're doing here with with actually both sides of the ball minus one thing and we'll get into that in a minute um you know this is a building process it's not like they're going out there uh trying to win the super bowl this year clearly but you know when you're building a team this is the way you do it so i i really like the direction of what they're doing so i can only arrow up and i think you said they won three games last year so of course the arrow is going to be up with this team it fucking better be yeah it has to be now let's get into it the offensive line they they struck gold last year with a fifth round pick Braxton Jones out of nowhere, uh, starting left tackle and and graded out really well for a rookie. So win there that uh, they brought in Nate Davis, the guard from Tennessee. He's been a you know above average guard for a long time for them. So plug him right into right guard. They drafted Darnell Wright, first round pick out of Tennessee, the first tackle taken. I think uh, I think that's right. Uh, so they're expecting big things out of him, and, and the, the word out of camp in preseason is that he looks fucking awesome. That allows Tevin Jenkins to slide in at guard, which he played some last year. Uh, he was failing at, at tackle when they took him in 2021 out of Oklahoma State. They've kicked him inside, and he looks really good. Uh, and, that, and that allows Cody Whitehair to play his natural position at center. So this is a good-looking young offensive line, minus Nate Davis. He's old, but like that's a good-looking young offensive line, assuming – that Darnell Wright can come in and and be that first-round type player that he should be. Uh, So now, pass rush. (sighs) I just went over it. That was it. There is no. There's zero pass. (laughs) I don't. Now, again, like I said, they're not trying to win anything significant this year, um, which – and this is a very hype team. Let me just say this. This this team is getting a lot of hype, a lot of love. You don't – Go far in the NFL with two things, two bad things, an offensive line and zero pass rush. You got to have both of those being at least adequate to above average to make any kind of run that Chicago's getting love for. Um, so I think the, I think the, the um, excitement over the way this team is building is getting confused with, you know, uh, people just getting going too far with it and too excited with it this year. Um, the area to shine, the secondary. In this exact podcast last year, I talked about it, and I said that this secondary is full of people that if it was on 
like a new that's a fact. It's full of people. <laughs> it's definitely full of people. But if it was on a team that were that were contenders, this would be. I think I call them the no fly zone. If they were on a good team last year when Denver had the no fly zone, it's still awesome. And they added a second round pick corner, uh, Tariq Stevenson, to this bunch. Now here's the problem. And I even said this last year. I'll say it again. It doesn't fucking matter if you don't rush the passer. So I said it last year. This awesome, amazing, the best group of secondary players in the league will never look like the best secondary players in the league until you get a pass rush. So a little weird what's going on there. uh, But I stand by what I'm seeing on paper and on tape that this starting five in the secondary, if you go nickel, of Jalen Johnson, Jaquan Brisker, Eddie Jackson, Kyle Gordon, and this year's rookie uh, Tyreek Stevenson. That is an amazing secondary if they could just get a pass rush. Uh, Area concern, obviously, is the pass rush went over that. Rookie spotlight. Rookie spotlight. Two defensive tackles that they took in the second and third round, respectively. Gervon Dexter out of Florida and Zach Pickens out of, I want to say South Carolina, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Those are two giant, giant defensive tackles. Once they work their way into that starting lineup, they are rookies, so we'll see how that works out. If they both reach potential, you're not going to be able to run on this team in a, at the end of the season or like next year. So this Chicago team is a work in process. It's a, it's a process. It's a project. They drafted Roshan Johnson running back out of Texas. We'll see if he can eventually take over that starting uh, running back role. They got some things here, and obviously they brought in DJ Moore. That's that's the, that's the highlight that everybody knows. But I like the direction. Arrow up for me, both Stevens on this team, and I have them winning a whopping six games. Ooh, big arrow up right there, doubling right. up, doubling up, doubling. Hey, that's Elvin arrow up. It really is. So mm-hmm. last year, they're favored in one game. Dogs in sixteen, five point nine five. Uh, projected wins over half a game under their total, and that's the way they went. So Vegas hit that. Now, this is what has me scared, honestly, this year. And I'll get into it in a minute, but this year they're favored in seven games, two picks, eight dogs. That's 8.33 projected wins. So almost the same over Vegas hasn't projected as they did under last year. Mm. And given Vegas' record last year, it, it scares me. It scares me. But going under the total last year almost assuredly spells doom for Fields in his future. We've been giving you the two-year uh, failure stats on the over-under. Basically, at this point, his career is hanging on by a thread. Last chance. And it basically is. And the roster, like you said, isn't terrible, but they were fucking terrible last year. That somehow Vegas has projected them to be better, a lot better. Hmm. And they did make wholesale changes everywhere, which they needed to because mm-hmm. they fucking sucked. So with the unknown, there is always the possibility of improvement. But they only scored 326 points last year, and they gave up 463. <laughs> now, that should have equaled 4.52 wins, so they actually... Believe it or not, have some positive luck regression coming their way. And some more positive things with this team. They were 13th on third down conversion uh, rate. Really good, above average. 13th in red zone percentage. For a terrible defense, 
to be above average, that's incredible. And they were top 10 in drives that ending in turnovers. Now, I know that's a negative, but that also has a positive luck regression for this year. But all in all, they were 32nd in DVOA in defense last year. And the offense was 25th. So they're not going to be a good team this year, no matter how you slice it. Now, can they go from worst to average if everything hits? Sure. And obviously, if Vegas is betting that they do, that scares me because, you know, it's so obvious that they're going to fucking stink. But as we've learned through the years, when it seems so obvious to everyone that everyone can see it, we're probably using looking at the wrong thing. So because of that, and for that reason only, I'm going to go 7-9. and nine, and <laughs> Oh, that's my God. way too high. You're it's higher too... on Chicago than me. All right. Yeah. Still slightly under, but, man, it's way too fucking high. But everything that Vegas is putting out there scares me about this team for whatever reason. I don't know. Well, I mean – they're they're obviously going to be with Fields a running team, and with you know using kind of like you know that it's a tricked up offense. Obviously, when you got a guy like that, that's that's kind of until he proves he's going to play a different style. He's in that Lamar role that, that Lamar's always been in. Uh, but but to even say that, like, so he he is a fantastic runner of the football from the quarterback position. And I told you this last year. I think I said it on maybe one or not two podcasts during the season. He might be the best runner of the football from the quarterback position that I've ever seen. Better mm-hmm. than Lamar, better than Michael Vick. Just the way the style that he runs and the pace and the slowdown. So he looks like, uh, who was your boy back for the Steelers that was the running back? Uh, Le'Veon Bell. Le'Ve- he looks like Le'Veon Bell, even out in the open field. Like He'll slow down and then just explode past people like, I've never seen anything like it, but even taking all that into account, the best uh, quarterback metric that he had, he was dead last in uh, DVOA. He was dead last in EPA plus CPOE. But the one that takes into account running the most is uh, QBR. He was 17th in that. So he's below average even when they take all of his running into account. So he's so bad at throwing the football that even him being – and I'm saying this sincerely – He's the most talented runner in the quarterback position I have ever, mm-hmm. ever seen. So even with that, he is still a below-average quarterback. So if he does not improve his reading the defense, which we all said that coming out, except for a couple of people that didn't – they were scared to sound like they didn't like black people, whatever. If he does not improve that, then there's just no hope for this kid and there's no hope for this team. But – just because Vegas has them where they have them, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go seven and ten, and I'm gonna regret that. Probably, I can't. But I can't wait to watch them play. Like this is one of the teams. Like on that week one, like, like they're for sure gonna be on one of the TVs. They they they're just they're gonna be a road grading, run the ball, exciting offense uh, that probably wins you know six games. So it'll be fun. Yeah, and they host Green Bay, and Green Bay is division dog week one, and we know how that turns out. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to spoil anything. Be a good game. Good game. Good game. All right. Moving on to, oh, my God. Yeah. Longhorn. He's been waiting for this the whole offseason. Oh, His man. Detroit Feels Lions. So Feels so good. Nine and eight last year. <laughs> way over. The six over under projection from Vegas last year. 
Vegas expecting a huge, I mean, huge upgrade. Over, under, set at nine and a half. For the whole time we've been doing this, they have <laughs> never had an over, under of nine and a half, not with Matthew Stafford, not with fucking anybody at quarterback. Highest they've ever had. So, Longhorn, go on a crow and talk about your Detroit Lions. Well, it's not time to crow just yet because they haven't won shit yet. But I am, I was ahead on this team. I've been watching the development of this roster and they just keep doing it. I keep liking almost everything they do. Now, we can, you can talk draft capital and, and, and whatever, but like the players they got, I really like them. Now, obviously, Arrow up. I've got them as division champs. I don't really see another way to look at that. Look at this for me when you go, when you're talking about just roster. Uh, and quarterback combination. It's, it's Detroit for me. Uh, the offensive line, it's all the same. So it's one of the best in the league. It might be the best in the league. And they've been playing together for two or three years now. So, uh, lots of like there. Now there is a, a right guard. Uh, I guess it could be a battle, but you know, it's, it's, they got Vitae who's played right guard for them for a few years. He was hurt most of last year. So that's kind of opened the door. They brought in Graham Glass. Glasgow out of uh, Denver, who's been a starter for like many, many years. So it's kind of a camp battle going on there. I don't really care who wins because Vitae is good. And if, if Glasgow beats them, then whatever, they're good at right guard again. So just really off awesome offensive line, pass rush, pass rush. Okay. We know Hutchinson is good. We know that they've been searching for that other guy. And once again, they keep, they, they keep having these guys. There's, there's guys over there that have the opportunity. There's nothing special, though. So between Comiskey, Josh Pascal, who they drafted in, in the second round last year, they can't seem to get um, Charles Harris and James Houston off the field. I don't know why they don't just stick with that. It seems like they don't want to ride the James Houston thing because he was a six round pick in 2022. I think he had like eight sacks uh, last year in very limited play time, seven, eight sacks, but I wish they would just roll with that. But you know, there, there's all these guys that like, just like what I said last year, they need one of them to step up and be that, that uh, Robin to the Batman of Hutchinson to complete that pass rush um, that, that they, that they need uh, area to shine. It is the offensive scheme. If you remember last year when they were on Hard Knocks, I talked about this offensive coordinator, uh, Ben Johnson. I noticed it on Hard Knocks. They were just running these these wide receiver combos and designs that just looked different. They kept popping people wide open, and that just doesn't happen in the NFL. Uh, So, and we saw that carrying to the season. Like like his designs are really well thought out. They're they're new age. So he's one of the hot up and coming. Uh, um, offensive coordinators and the fact that they got to keep him kind of surprised but that's good for the overall continuity Uh, so love the offensive scheme the area of concern let's go to jameson williams they're they're what year was he drafted he's not even on here probably because he's hurt but i think he was the first round pick last year at alabama the wide receiver is that right bo sebas he was first round right Yeah, Yeah. yeah yeah he's an area of concern because by now we see what Garrett Wilson is doing. We see what Chris Olave is doing in New Orleans. We see what uh, Dotson is doing with the Redskins. This dude was drafted to come in here and be a fucking difference maker, over-the-top, instant open type guy. And whether it's gambling bullshit, 
Injuries bullshit. He's dropping balls in preseason. This is a problem. Okay, because because when you know when he's I'm he's suspended. I know he's suspended for the gambling stuff. So so like, look when I'm when I'm watching the building of a roster and you take someone like that in the first round last year and it's not working out, that is a hit to what you're building. So they need him in week seven or whenever he's coming back to come in and hit the ground running and round out this wide receiver core of Amon St. Brown and then a bunch of dudes. Okay, so like it's not it's not uh, excuse me, sir. They have my boy Josh Reynolds and a good Aggie. Mm-hmm. So he's obviously one of the greatest of all time, and you will pay him his due respect. Yeah, he's awesome as a fourth receiver. Uh, right now he's running three, so that's not as good. So they need him to, to come in and do his thing. <laughs> uh, they did draft Sam Laporta, uh, the tight end out of Iowa. I did not like him, but you know what? Sometimes <laughs> I'm wrong because apparently at now everybody's picking him to be one of the better t- rookie tight ends. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, rookie spotlight, rookie spotlight. Let's go to the defense. Jack Campbell is going to be your uh, rookie defensive player of the year, middle linebacker out of Iowa. He is going to just be the rock in the middle of that defense. He's a he's a ball magnet. He can he's six five, so when he drops back into coverage, he's always getting his hands on the ball, tipping passes. So I love him to be a new centerpiece to this defense, the the play caller, the general of the defense, and something they they sincerely needed. Um, other than that, they you mentioned Cam Sutton earlier from Pittsburgh. They brought him in. Uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, they brought him in from Philly. They drafted Brian Branch from Alabama in the second round. He's in there. They are Emmanuel Mosley, the starting cornerback for – former starting cornerback for San Francisco. They brought him in. They have thrown everything at this secondary to make it work. Uh, honestly, most of us, like – if you could tell me they had another guy, another pass rusher, that could get 10, 11 sacks, I would say they're a serious Super Bowl contender. But until I see that pass rush, I do have them winning the division and going 10 and 7, but I can't like you know put them in the Super Bowl until they find that other piece to match Hutchinson. Well, one thing I'd tell you is your boy Emmanuel Mosley is on the pup list. So yeah, he's he's doing. Pup. He's he he got hurt last year with with San Fran, so he's he'll 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 work his way back. Secondly, um, other than the guy you described, you're the only guy that I've ever described as a ball magnet. Uh, mm. Other than him, mm. so moving on. Don't like that. Uh, Don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> Last year, they were only favored in three out of 17 games. That was 6.63 implied wins, which Vegas hit another one. They were leaning over, and they obviously fucking nailed that shit. Nailed it. This year, I cannot believe my – I wrote this down. I still can't believe I'm reading it correctly. Favored in 12 out of 17 games. That is 9.69 implied wins. So, again, slightly over – the number Vegas is betting on those lines, folks. If I could fucking uh, do my best, Colin Cowherd, I've been saying it for years. Uh, offense is king in the NFL. All you need is to be, you know, average on defense to compete for a championship. If your offense can score the ball at a top ten level, well, the Lions were top ten DVOA offense, or sorry, top five in DVOA offense. And the fifth highest scoring team. They scored 453 points last year. More than enough to win the Super Bowl. 
Now, I went back through 2012, and I only found one team that was not in the top 10 scoring that won the Super Bowl. Longhorn, do you care to guess my trivia question this week? Say it again. One team since 2012 outside of the top 10 in points scored that won the Super Bowl. Mm. I don't know. Who was it? The 2015 Denver Broncos with broke arm oh. Peyton, who got benched that year for Brock fucking Osweiler. Man. So, you can do all the fancy stances you want to. You can build all the algorithms you want to. You can do all the nerd shit that I do. All you want to. But at the end of the day, all that matters is how many points you score. And if you score in the... Because there's only been one team that was actually outside of the top five in that same range. That was 2012 uh, Ravens that won a Super Bowl. So, basically, if you're not in the top 84% of the league in scoring... You ain't doing it. Mm-hmm. So that's and that's not talking about spreads, or whatever. It's just winning football games, which is what we're talking about here. Now, my only question is can this garbage ass defense, who was twenty eighth in DVOA last year, turn into an average one? Yes. Maybe. But I think they're a year away from putting that all together. And of course, by the time the D is ready, something terrible will happen to golf. And the franchise will crumble back into the nothing <laughs> to which it came from because, well, they are the fucking Lions. Nah, all the way. But for now, I do expect improvement on the defense this year for a lot of the reasons you just said. I expect them to go down to 400 points against. That is a huge fucking improvement from last year. But still below average with my offensive projection that puts the Lions right at, Lions right at 10.24 wins. Now... The only thing that worries me is the schedule. They have nine road games this year. And we saw last year, their home and road splits, Longhorn, on offense, were the most extreme that we have ever seen in the NFL. I mean, it wasn't even close. So they're not going to score as many points as last year. So I I did put that in my projection. But the good news is every single team they play, that has a projected winning record, is on the road. Now, you might say, well, that's not so good because you want the good teams at home. No, if you're going to suck on the road, you might as well fucking play all the teams you're going to lose to anyway on the fucking road. So that's better than having some cream puffs on the road that you could fuck up and lose to, which they did last year on many occasions, and have the real challenges, and then having the real challenges at home, which teams could beat you no matter what. So their their schedule lines up perfectly for them. I love that. So they have, if you look at the projections, five road losses coming. But they only have two losable games at home. All they have to do is win one road game out of Tampa Bay, Chicago, Green Bay, and Minnesota. Only one. And if they do that, they're 10-7. and seven. I like them there at 10-7. and seven. Go Lions. Yeah. I like it. All right. Moving on. Those Green Bay Packers. Oh, things are a little different this year. Mm. Eight and nine last year. Well over the 11 over under. Huge downgrade from Vegas this year. 
Over under set at seven and a half. You look at their ATS. Well, boys and girls, the days of making money on Aaron Rodgers obviously are over. Eight and nine last year, 12 and six before, 11 and seven before that, 10 and eight before that. So that dude was, you know, printing you some money. That's all over now. But Longhorn, what do you got on those packets? Yeah, I'm just not going to overthink this one too much. Uh, I've got Arrow down on them, and the, it's just, it's as simple as this. They went from Favre to Rodgers. There's zero chance they go from Favre to Rodgers to another playoff slash Super Bowl type quarterback. So this has to fail just mathematically. There's no way this Jordan Love project is going to work out. And I didn't like him anyways coming out of college. So uh, this is nothing. This isn't like breaking news or anything, but yeah, it's just, it's just, there's just no way that that can happen now on the offensive. Now here's the problem with that is like everything is set up around him foundationally to, for him to succeed and, and to be a long-term starting quarterback. So uh, it'll be an interesting team to watch and see how that plays out. But the offensive line, as long as David Bakhtiari is healthy at left tackle, everything falls into place for this offensive line because then Jenkins can play left. Myers can play center, Runyon, and and Zach Tom can play on the right side, and just it's all works. When he goes down, they start doing musical chairs, and they run into problems. Um, so as of right now, to start the season, I'm look, sorry. Did you say they had a guy named Zach Tom? Yeah, they. I believe from Wake Forest. If I'm, well, I want, nah, he's got too many first names. That's not, that doesn't work. <laughs> and they got him in the fourth round. Typical fucking Green Bay fourth round selection ends up being a fucking. And then they say he can play center guard tackle. So, you know, that's 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 what they do in Green Bay. Uh, so, yeah, if everything's like this, good offensive line. Uh, pass rush. Not only is the pass rush going to be good enough, but the whole defense, until you get to the secondary and some of the secondary spots, it, it's just it's just good. They draft good. They bring in good players. There's not, not a lot to not like over there. Uh, and that, and I do have that as the area to sh- area to shine because I do expect struggles on the offense, uh, on the offensive side of the ball. The areas of concern when you take, when you have two rookie tight ends who are both going to play the significant snaps at tight end, you have a rookie slot receiver and you have two second year wide receivers and you're a new starting quarterback, that's not comforting. That's not good that you have no experienced veteran pass catcher in there to rely on. So I see some struggles there on offense because this is going to be growing pains for the quarterback and also growing pains with young skill position pass uh, pass catchers. So that's a problem. Uh, the rookie spotlight is one of those tight ends. Luke Musgrave, he's tearing up camp. I, I like Tucker Craft better. Apparently, I'm wrong on that because Musgrave, I believe from Oregon State, is just lighting camp up, and he has snatched that starting role, tight end role. But again, he's a rookie, so good luck with all that. Uh, the secondary, this is where a big, this is where some big problems are. They've they've got three or four guys in this secondary that are going to play significant slap snaps that I've never heard of. Uh, to go along with Jair Alexander, who may be the best in the league. And Darnell Savage at safety, who's one of the better safeties. So it's kind of a mixed bag there in the secondary. That could be issues. But um, overall, arrow down, and I have Green Bay winning 
six games. All right. Well, <clears throat> last year they were favored in 15 out of 17 and implied winning uh, or implied wins of 10.71. So Vegas was leaning under the 11. Obviously they hit that, but nobody expected it to go as bad as it did this year. Oh my God. Hmm. Only favored in five games, one pick, and dogs in 11. That's 7.48 implied wins, so just barely slightly under the over-under. Now, last year, this is my shortest ride, they were the most average team of all fucking time. They scored 370 points, exactly on the league average. They gave up 371 points, one point over the league average. They went 8-9, and exactly where they fucking should have. And they were average with Aaron Rodgers. Now, I think long-term, for a lot of reasons why you just said, that's actually an encouraging thing uh, for Packers fans because it means you might not be losing as much as everyone thinks in Aaron Rodgers. And we'll get to that next week in the Jets. He was 16th in DVOA last year. Average. 20th in EPA plus CPOE. Well below average. So, literally one of the worst years of his career that he's ever had. And, like you just said, a growing pains on offense, but overall a good roster, and he could not win more games than he lost. So, the question becomes, can Jordan Love just be an average NFL quarterback? Probably not. Probably not. So, I've got this team going 7-10 and 10 and a slight under. Mm, seven wins. All right. Just like you said, the team the team is good. Yeah, the roster's good. Rodgers was dog shit last year. I mean, he he was just dog shit. For him, for him. If right. he was Kirk Cousins, we'd be like, oh, it's, you know, he's all right. <laughs> Speaking of Kirk Cousins, oh, my God, here we go. The Minnesota Vikings, 13-4 and four last year. They flew past their over-under of nine. Uh, despite that, Vegas with a slight downgrade on them this year. Over-under set at eight and a half. So, Longhorn, what do you got on the Minnesota Vikings? Man, Minnesota. Man, that's just another one of those teams that I've ha- I'm having a hard time getting a good read on, like Pittsburgh, New England, etc. Like, it's just that I can see some really, really good things, and then I can see a lot of things that concern me. So, I could really see the, the win. Oh, well, that's what they do, too. Like, I, I can see the win total swaying. Yeah, a lot of variance. So uh, when you have teams like that, it's it's hard to get a read on them. Um, but starting with the offensive line, like I always do, it's 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 good. It's a lot of continuity. They have a star left tackle in Derisaw. Uh The rest of the guys, Cleveland, Bradbury, Ingram, and O'Neal, they've been there for a while. Uh, they're just good. It's a bunch of good players with a star left tackle. That's what you want. Um, so so nothing to complain about there. The pass rush. Um, you know, this, this, they got Daniel Hunter who, who signed a new contract or did he, maybe he did a, I can't remember if he did a one year, um, thing or if he signed a long term, but either way, he's playing this year and he is a, you know, he's one of the better pass rushers in the league. They brought in Marcus Davenport to play opposite of him, the, the guy from New Orleans. Beep, beep. Yeah, the Roadrunner. Uh, yeah, but look, New Orleans let him walk and he was a first, and they traded up in the first round to get him. So, you know, been very disappointing for my 
As everybody who's been listening to the podcast knows, I'm a big fan of small school college football. I loved him, and he's been a he's been a bit of disappointment. He's been a disappointment, and actually, yet yeah, now I know Daniel Hunter's on a one year deal because I remember uh, that these two pass rushers are both on one year prove it deals. Now, Daniel Hunter, we know what he's going to do if he's healthy. He's going to be awesome. Uh, but Marcus Davenport being on a one year prove it deal with a new team, you're going to get max effort. So that could work out. You know, uh, hard to say though. You don't you don't know. Um, so areas to shine. Well, then you got to go to the passing game. That's just you know when you have when you have Jefferson and you have this offensive line has been the same and you have the quarterback that's been there fucking forever. Now that's just that's what they're going to lean on. That's what they're going to rely to move the ball. And they brought in Jordan Anderson, Addison the, in the first round, this tiny receiver from USC. Is that right? I think USC. Yeah. So like you know if if you get if he lives up to what he can be. They're going to have to move the ball through the air a lot this year, and they probably won't have much of a problem doing that. Uh, area of concern, the entire defense outside of Daniel Hunter is, is an area of concern for me. Um, I don't particularly like a lot of what they're doing. I like that they brought in Byron Murphy, the, the slot nickel corner from Arizona. He's instantly right behind Daniel Hunter for me as their second best defensive player, assuming on what Davenport does, but you know Harrison Smith he's been there a long time but he he's getting he was drafted in 2012 so this is 11 year safety now that's that's getting up there they've thrown a lot of draft picks at this defense when, when you got Andrew Booth Lewis Seen Cam Bynum uh, just, uh actually I don't see any more high draft picks so they've put darts but overall until I see anything from this defense I can't assume anything other than it's going to be not very good so uh, the rookie spotlight is one Ivan Pace Jr., a undrafted rookie out of Cincinnati. Uh, word out of camp is and preseason, if you watch the games, that he is pushing to start and may steal that starting middle linebacker role. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, that's good and bad. It's good that you found him. It's it's not a good sign for your defense when you got undrafted rookies possibly starting for your defense. So overall, what'd you say the over under was for this team? Eight and a half. Uh, you know what? I'm on the fly going to change my change it from nine to eight. I'm going eight and nine for Minnesota just because I see too many question marks for them to be a winning team that could backfire just because they're they're strong on offense and, and the passing game. But I'm gonna go eight and nine. All right. Well, <clears throat> see if I've got voice enough to finish this one. <laughs> Last one. Last year, favorites, 12 out of 17 games, 9.69 implied wins. So Vegas leaned over. They were right on that one. This year, favorite in seven, dogs and nine, one pick them. Implied 7.66 wins. That's almost a full game under. They're over under projection. Well, there's a reason for that, boys and girls. This is the biggest candidate of bad luck regression of all fucking time. Yeah. They scored 424 points last year. Really good. Top 10. Super Bowl level, to your point. Offense. Great. But they gave up 427. Hmm. They won 13 goddamn games with a negative point differential. You like that? They should have won 8.41 games, period. 
So on top of football Jesus, coming back to take what is his, the schedule for this team is absolutely fucking brutal because they did win the division. They play eight games versus teams with projected winning records. They're split four at home and four on the road. There are no breaks in the schedule. There's no, like, good times. There's no fucking, even if you look up and down, even their bye week isn't until after Thanksgiving. And it's coming off a Monday night game. So they only get 12 days off. And speaking of Monday night, boys and girls, Kirk Cousins is 2-10 and 10 straight up in his career on Monday night, mm. including last year where he went 0-1. Well, they've got two Monday night games this year. First time he's had two in one season since 2019, and you guessed it, he lost both of them. <laughs> so the football gods, the schedule makers, the regression monster, Vegas, everyone is out to get these fucking Vikings this year, and I'm definitely not going to stand in their fucking way. And this will be, this is my big call, the preseason, the last year you see Kirk Cousins in the purple. So good people of Minnesota, tell you right now, mm. go ahead and turn your eyes to the draft because this year is already mm. fucking over. What's the I've record? Got th- I've got them going 6-11. and 11. Ooh, well, that's not high enough to get – that's not going to be high enough in the draft to get one of those quarterbacks. So, I mean, unless well, they're bringing they in a free agent. They can make some moves. They can yeah. make some moves. All right. I, I disagree with that last part because I don't think the offense is going to be the problem, but I like the call. No, I never said the offense is going to be the problem. But they, you can't you can't do what they did. I mean, they literally almost broke the Pythagorean theorem. They almost broke it. You can't do that and then come back the next year and win. Yeah, like, it's not possible. So, no, I agree with that part. I agree with that. To recap, here's my NFC North. I've got your Detroit Lions, 10 and 7, winning the division and over their total. I've got Chicago, 7 and 9. How the fuck did I have them win seven games? Still under. Green Bay, 7 and 9, under. And Minnesota, 6 and 11, in the cellar and under, even though maybe Chicago's in the cellar. Whatever. I don't give a shit. That's what I got. All right, I've got Detroit winning it at ten and seven. Minnesota now at eight and nine. Ugh, what a bad division! And Chicago bad. six. And, Chicago and Green Bay at six and eleven. So not very bigly. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, that was the NFC and AFC North. Stick around for those free picks coming at you. Boys and girls, it's time for those free. I said free picks of the week. Longhorn, lay it on them, baby. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the under on Cincy. I just that's it seems too high to me. Now I did pick them nine and eight. Too high. Now it's eleven and a half. You don't. It doesn't have to be necessarily nine and eight. Uh, obviously, they can win ten or eleven. You still cash that one. But um, I'm expecting a down year for Cincy. So that is the free pick pick for me. Cincy under eleven and a half. All right, my free pick for the NFL of the week, Minnesota, under the eight and a half. Everything I mentioned, plus the fact, boys and girls, they went 11-0 and in one score games last year. 
That is a new league fucking record. So the regression monster is going to come hard for them. It's going to come fast. <laughs> and uh, under the eight and a half for Minnesota. Now, college, two picks this week. One of them is future. One of them is a live game. We'll start with the future. Those Akron Zips, baby, up in the Mac. You know I love some Maction. Over three and a half wins. Stay with me. They get Morgan State and Kent State at home. Kent State mm. might be the worst football team in all of America. Not joking. They go to Bowling Green. That's three wins right there. Now, they go to Miami of Ohio, Eastern Michigan, Central Michigan, and Northern Illinois and Ohio. That's five losses. So all we need is one win out of at Temple, at Indiana, who's going to be awful, and hosting Buffalo, and we're home. So if they beat a bad Temple team in week one, we're already fucking home. They were 1-5 and and won score games last year. They're going to have some positive regression there. And they won two games even with that. So they don't have to play. Last last year they played Michigan State and Tennessee. They ain't got to play them this year. So we're all about to witness the rise of the Zips, baby, over 3.5 for Akron. Now, for the live pick. Going to college, those Navy midshipmen plus 20 and a half. Uh, this is just an auto play, to be honest with you. Since 2000, Navy is 38 and 26 ATS when dogs of 10 or more. They're 17 and 9 ATS when dogs of 17 or more. And 14 and 5 when dogs of 20 or more. So when you get this line, you just fucking play it. And since 2010, Notre Dame is 1 and 3 as favorites of 17 or more on a neutral side. So go midshipmen, baby. Yeah, I and that's I'm hearing there's going to be some rain over there. Maybe that helps out the. Uh, oh, is there going to be rain on the island of fucking Ireland? Slippery when wet. It's slippery my oiling. Yeah, it's my. All right, Longhorn, tell them about the fabulous website one more time. Award-winning episode number 146 of the Football Grill Podcast is in the books. And speaking of books, if you want to beat the shit out of your bookie this season, be sure to go to our website, thefootballgloryhole.com, and check out those free picks, which kicked ass last year. They're going to kick ass this year, 30 and 14, looking to do just the same. And But while you're there... Click on those college, NFL, and combo packages so that we may become partners for life in Bocephus, as always, in a mostly non-sexual way. People, stop throwing away your hard-earned money on a guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up, tell a friend, and join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, and never pay a bookie again. Come on. God damn it, people never play a book again. Steven Tyler, take yourself, baby!